It is Tuesday, August 6th, and we are back for another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Hello, everybody. Today we are on Hebrews 9, um, and we are joined by Ricky Roush once again this week. Um, Hello, Ricky. Welcome back. Hello, hello. And uh, as almost always, Daniel Yelverton is back with us again. Yeah. (laughs) No vacation. No vacation, yeah. No vacation for you. (laughs) Vacation Nazi. That's right. (laughs) And some people may not get that reference at all. It's from Seinfeld. It is. I know. (laughs) Super Nazi. So what have you guys been up to this week since we were together last? Man, last weekend we went to Niagara. Yeah. And it was, I was just talking to Daniel about that before, before we start recording the, the majesty and just the, the beauty of it is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, they said a million, it, enough water flies over the falls every second, uh, to fill a million bathtubs a second. Wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's crazy. Just, but it was beautiful. A great trip. Great time. Mm. Kids loved it. It was it was awesome. Highly recommend someone if they want to see the majesty of God's creation, go to Niagara. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So one thing that I learned um, since we were together last week is uh, we played "All My Hope" by Crowder uh, for the service last Sunday, and um, we've played it I don't know fifteen twenty times over the last year or two, and I think Ricky honestly I think because we didn't have keys on it this week because you went to Niagara. Yeah. We discovered on accident that it's the exact same opening as uh, Take It to the Limit by the Eagles. <laughs> so that's all we could hear. So if you saw me laughing like on stage before we actually went into the song, it's because all I could hear was all alone at the end. So here's the intro for it real quick. This is all my hope. It is. It sure is. <laughs> So that's your All My Hope. Now let me pull up Take It to the Limit. <laughs> I feel like I'm not coming with like a lot of great stuff today. You know? I mean, yeah, you're slacking, man. Come I know, on. Seriously, Niagara Falls and like great music revelations. Like what do I uh, what do I have to give here, guys? Here we go. Ready? It's exactly the same thing. So all that I could hear, if I can get this Hopefully stopped. our podcast won't get uh, like yeah. taken off. It's just a snippet. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all but yeah, so that's all I could hear. So when we were doing it in rehearsal and we realized that, I was supposed to sing All My Hope, and I almost was like, all alone at the end. I was like, oh my God. It's like so. a little dish. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that was what I learned this week as we were away from the podcast. It's interesting you say that. So just, just before... Um, just just before we came in the room, Daniel was saying how you remember m- music more than about anything else, and he remembered a song from twenty years ago. Yeah, we just and talked just, about Canada, and I remember this old. I mean, listen to ska when I was in youth group, and there was a ska <laughs> band called. Fire. I know exactly. It's a little bit you chuckle a little bit when I'm like, that's I so late nineties, early two thousands. Uh, and um, I know some people have no clue that's even a, jo- a genre. <laughs> If 
it is. I don't even know if it is a genre anymore. Uh, I'm sure it still is. Okay. Somebody's somebody's making ska. Uh, And so, anyways, sounds like a drug. Anyways, but uh, (laughs) so um, yeah, it was like an an old uh, song about Canada. And I I was like singing the entire song while I'm in my office, like stuck in my head. And I haven't heard it in over 20 years just talking about Canada. So, yeah. I mean, it, music's amazing. I know that Ricky and I have talked about this before, and I know that we got to get into the um, the actual podcast here in a minute. But um, I I think like there's something if you play music, if you love music, there's something even if you don't, there's just something about music. Like I think God built that to be like the universal language because mm. in so many different ways. Like I can be there are certain songs from when I was in high school that today if I hear them instantly. I feel exactly how I felt 20 years ago, yeah, 25 years ago when I was sitting in my car when I was 16 listening to a, a tape, a cassette tape in my radio player because that's what we had back right. then. <laughs> but um, it, I think like he built that, obviously that's not the only way that we worship, but I think that he built that as a way for heaven to like meet with earth. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... You know, I, I saw. Um, have you guys seen uh, what call it? The the Queen movie, Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you seen that? Yeah, yet? Uh, yeah. I actually I just know. saw it recently. This is the first time we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, Lane is all. So, if you've watched that movie, there's a scene at the end where Queen kind of get back gets back together and they go play Live Aid, mm-hmm. and it's this humongous concert, and they're doing this thing for a cause greater than themselves, right? And they put a part in the movie where Freddie Mercury goes to see his dad right before and his dad's like super proud of him because he's going to do this thing. And he's finally turned into the man that his dad always hoped he would be as in like doing something for the greater good and all that kind of stuff. And so he goes and they're playing this concert and all these people, thousands and thousands and thousands of people are there together. And there's just something above and beyond about that time, that performance, not just the performance, but the overall, I don't know setting whatever in the stadium and i think honestly i think they were accidentally worshiping like not they might not have been worshiping god but they came together for something that was greater than themselves and it wasn't queen in the audience it was like the whole they were all in it together Mm -hmm. and i think they accidentally stumbled into in those moments what god created music for yeah yeah i don't disagree i think that's why worship in general so is is a it's serious but b it's so crucial to what god intended us to do which is why it can be so great but on the other hand the the wrong type of worship can be so detrimental yeah yeah Um, i I think yeah there's so many amazing we can look at so many amazing gifts that god has given us and that all like any any amazing gift in the wrong hands or with the wrong intentions or even with the corruption of sin just becomes so detrimental and so destructive but what's amazing is like when you tap into that uh, that what it's created, what's intended to to be, it's uh, it it's that's when you it's almost like you feel like it's like this is this is what we're made for. This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how. And my wife is really, uh, really is I would say very musically talented. I am not, and so like um, I actually was doing some songwriting with Brent and uh, and Lainey, uh, my wife, uh, this past week, and. Like it was, it was cool to just kind of collaborate into figuring a way to worship Jesus, you know, and worship what he's done for us and like, and to put it down in something and to write a melody with it and to have some songs and some lyrics and like kind of just pin it all down. Um, 
and then there and so it was just I, I was it was just a, it was a great moment and then you know the reality hits is when I'm trying to like sing it and I sound terrible <laughs> right and I'm just like yeah you guys kind of know what I'm trying to do here but like <laughs> you know know that like a, the barrier of entry for good singing is like I'm, I'm outside everybody else is in and I'm, I'm <laughs> the bouncers kicked me out and so anyways uh but I that all to be said I think that there is something amazing about worship and it's interesting because we talk about worship a little bit in this it's it's not in the context of singing but it's in the context of uh, basically a reconciliation back into God, uh, mm-hmm. back to God, the way that the, the priests would, would worship. I mean, they literally call it like, you know, this is, this was the place of worship. This was what they, this is how they connected with God. And this is where heaven met earth here in the old Testament. And so, and Jesus is the perfect embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, guys, as we said, uh, we are in Hebrews nine today. Um, do you guys think, do we need to give any, do we need to give any context for it today? Um, I know that we did the Bible project the last time we got into Hebrews two. We're into Hebrews nine now, a little bit later in the book. What is it? I know that before from uh, the Bible project, they talked about and we talked about different things that they're comparing Jesus to throughout this. Yeah. Process. So the <clears throat> so the first is the angels. Jesus is greater than the angels. The second is, is Jesus is greater than Moses. The third is Jesus is greater than the the priests and the priesthood, and this is uh, this is the last one, and this is Jesus is greater than sacrifice and covenant. Um, so this is the great pillars of the Jewish faith would be these different things, and so um, and so that's why it, it's kind of following in that same line of if if you're not following this or uh, Jesus is the completion of these signs and of these things that the Jewish people held so dear. Um, and so, so yeah, so that's where we're our, we're in the last kind of comparison that uh, the author of Hebrews does to Jesus. Okay, cool. Well, we'll go ahead and get into our scripture reading for the day. This is Hebrews 9 from the Dwell app, and we will be right back. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness, for a tent was prepared. The first section, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place, having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna and Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory, overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we cannot now speak in detail. These preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties. But into the second Only the high priest goes, and he, but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened, as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, Gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, 
regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greeter, a more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant, for where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established, for a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood, for when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these for Christ has entered, not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf, nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world, but as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Okay, that is Hebrews 9 from the Dwell app from Gregory. So uh, what do you guys have that you would like to get into from this chapter today to start? So, I mean, just a little bit of <clears throat> understanding 
that what uh, the author of Hebrews is really talking about here is the Day of Atonement um, and just that whole process that the high priest would have to go through once a year. And um, if you if you don't know anything about it, it's, it's in Leviticus. I think it's Leviticus 19. I, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't have it right in front of me right now. But uh, where you, the, the regulations and the process of the Day of Atonement is kind of laid out. And it's pretty intense. Like, I mean, they have to do so many different things to atone for the sins of not only the high priest as he goes into the Holy of Holies, but also for the whole uh, people of Israel. There is like putting sin on on lambs and on goats and then sending goats out into the wilderness that's where we get the scapegoat idea uh they send the they they and then uh lots of sacrifices taking place blood is being spilled all over on the what's called the mercy seat which is like the ark of the covenant and if the priest the high priest uh, has not properly dealt with his own sins then as soon as he steps into the holy of holies the presence of god he he would die and so tradition has it that they would actually tie a rope around the high priest's ankle and they would put bells at the bottom of his robe so that if he, like, you heard a thud and the bell stopped ringing, they could pull the high priest out by the rope instead of going in there because they couldn't go in there anyways. And so there's like this, there's this awesome terror, I feel like, that has to kind of go around the Day of Atonement. It's a, it's a reverent moment for the, for the people of Israel because this is the one time a year where... Um, <clears throat> where their sins for the year are being, you know, paid for through these sacrifices. And it's the time that the high priest goes into the presence of God, into the Holy of Holies, and uh, and mediates and intercedes. Uh, oh, sorry, it's uh, it's Leviticus 16. Thank you, Brent. Uh, and mediates on behalf of the, uh, of the people of Israel. And so uh, Christ is is seen as the as our new high priest. He's the one that is interceding on behalf of us. He's the one whose sacrifice um, was complete. You know, and it's and it's important that it's this small little verse in Hebrews, but it says that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. And so everything is kind of around this uh, centered around this whole process of of death as a penalty for sin and sacrifice as a necessary uh, way to cover up and to atone for sin. And, and Jesus is the greatest sacrifice. Jesus is the one that doesn't have to come back and die again. He's, he's not the, cause that's the, that's the point that the author's also making here is that these sacrifices had to constantly be done. This had to be an annual thing. This is a, in a constant event. I mean, like we can't imagine this, but I'm sure the temple, I mean, you have so many animals being slaughtered. There's so much blood. There's so much burning of animals like the the stench the this what was like taking place all in this area was you know all because of and for the forgiveness of sin and that was the that was the you know what was kind of taking place here and so Jesus uh, is greater than all of this process you know uh, he talks about oh uh, the author talks about a will and how like a will is enacted and that the but as long as the person's still alive the will's not really uh, effective and so that how the old covenant kind of points to and Paul even talks about this in Galatians he calls it a guardian and and that this old kind of way of doing things it didn't quite function well you know it didn't it, it wasn't coming to its fruition now that Jesus is here it's come to its fruition now we know that like what God's plan is God's purpose God's uh, and it, even as how a will works you know how everything is transferred upon death right and so the death of Jesus 
transferred everything, transferred heaven, transferred glory, transferred forgiveness, transferred redemption, transferred new life uh, from heaven through Jesus to us, you know? And so that's why this is, you know, Jesus is the greatest high priest. He's the greatest sacrifice. He is the new covenant. He is the, uh, and you know, that's even what Jesus told his disciples in the last supper. He says, I'm giving you guys a new covenant here, and this is going to be covenant in my blood. Uh, and so all of this is kind of uh, pointing to what, uh, like all of the Old Testament, all of the Day of Atonement, all of the high priests, all of the sacrifices, everything was pointing ultimately to Jesus. And and so that's uh, kind of a, a not really brief backstory of kind of what's kind of going on and kind of giving us a little bit of context, but also just realizing what the author is trying to do here. And he's he's showing that Jesus is the first and foremost, the only sacrifice, the only perfect sacrifice for our sin. And he is now also the high priest. He's the one that's mediating for us on our behalf. And he is, the, and then the new covenant is him. Yeah. And I really like to, at the end, um, and, and help me hash this out in case I'm getting it wrong, but it talks about the fact that the, the process basically for man, when they die, want, they die once and then they go to receive judgment. So instead of Jesus having to having to suffer for every single sin and for every single person's death, it says, um, "Nor was it uh, to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood, uh, not his own, uh, for then he would have to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. So the when he died on the cross, right? That was the one." And to go through the same process that we go through, but he won't be there for judgment because he lived the perfect life. He's the son of God. He was the perfect sacrifice. So instead of doing what we do, as in dying once and then facing judgment, now he died once for all of us, lived the perfect life, and instead of facing judgment, he is there to be on our, our behalf to, to, I don't know, to vouch for us, I guess, if that makes sense is that what they're saying here basically so i think that what he's doing is that like so the for us we are going to die Mm -hmm. that's that's the condition of the world that we live in and we are going to face judgment and um the thing that jesus did is that jesus um when it says that he was offered uh once to bear the sins of many and will appear a second time not to deal with sin because he dealt with sin but to save those who Mm -hmm. are eagerly waiting and so so jesus is um, what he did is, is is an effort to save, is an effort to save humanity, to save us from judgment. Um, and so that that's the big warning here, though. The big warning here is that, you know, we're all going to die, mm. and we're all going to face judgment. And we have two choices of how we deal with the, con- with the choices that we've made here on earth, because we have all sinned. Mm-hmm. You know, we can all agree to that. So we can either pay for our sins, or Jesus can pay for our sins. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, I think that's kind of what the author is also saying here is that this is the reality that we live in. But Jesus is the one that has offered himself as a payment for all of our sins. He does not need to come and die again. His work was full and complete. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It, it, it goes, if you, if you read the entire chapter down, there's all these prerequisites you know, of, of, you know, the lamp had to be in the right place. The, mm-hmm. the curtains had to be right. The, the, as Daniel alluded to, the high priest had to be, I mean, 
Can you imagine that guy? Everybody's like really excited about the Dave Toma, and he's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah, he's like, we're going to get our sins forgiven. He's like, I don't want to die. But but so so all these things that were necessary uh, to to be right in God's eyes, and then you have um, Christ come in, and there's a saying that Christ died for the sins of the world. I think that's an interesting saying because um, Christ truly did die for the sins of the world. Not that an animal or something could ever commit a sin. I'm not saying that, but the amount of blood that would have had to have been shed from then until now is just unbelievable. So the bloodshed stopped essentially when, when Christ died, that was the last blood that was shed. And in later on in this, in this chapter, it says that, um, he, he literally didn't go into an earthly place like the priest did, he went directly to the source. He went right to God and said, okay, I've done it. Like mm-hmm. you said, I did. And then he was such a perfect man that he did die one time. Mm-hmm. And, and his death covered the sins of of the world forever. And it's kind of cool if you think about that because a man, and, and Jesus was truly a man. Like he was... 100% man. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to do that for us. And I think it's, it's also different in that, you know, the Bible talks about him prior to Christ. Um, the, the devil had the keys to death, mm-hmm. right? That was, that's, and Jesus died, went down and said, okay, now no longer, it no longer has a sting. Mm-hmm. So when, when we die now, it's kind of a passing over or it can be a joyous occasion. I just think it's interesting that all of this, and it's not only this chapter, but all, a lot of the Old Testament deers with all the rules, the regulations, all the prerequisites of, of being, you know, of having a sacrifice done. And, and not only that is being forgiven. It, what we forget about is you can sacrifice something back in the Old Testament prior to Christ coming. But it had to be accepted by God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's not. It's not. I'm going to kill this lamb, and I'm good now. And the blood has shed. Where there was not only was there a prerequisite to 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 bring a calf, it had to be perfect, and and secondly, <clears throat> it had to be accepted. Mm-hmm. And now Christ comes, and that's gone. Mm. Yeah. Right. It's come as you are. Will He's going to accept you for who you are, and He'll change you. Yeah. And it's a whole new concept, and that's what this is laying out of of truly what he's done for us. It's amazing if you think yeah. about it. And I, and I think what, since Hebrews is kind of a challenge, I think when we read it, just because it's just so rich in Jewish tradition, and uh, but I think what we did even in the, in the first podcast uh, last week with uh, Hebrews two is kind of draw out kind of the principle, mm-hmm. and see like okay, what is the application here? So that was when we were, when Jesus was being compared to angels and talking about his message was greater and what he was conveying was greater. Like he was God incarnate. And so he was the one that was showing us who God really was. It wasn't this kind of like telephone game where we eventually got to who we think we heard God was. We saw, they right. saw Jesus. Right. And then the hype, the, in him grew uh, being greater than Moses. It was that Moses was ushering the people of Israel into the promised land, but it wasn't quite, what they wanted or what they expected. And it wasn't the, the, the perfect promised land. And there was, and Jesus is the hope that's going to usher us into an ultimate promised land, the mm-hmm. ultimate rest. And then the high priest, uh, the priest King that he's compared to Melchizedek. Uh, we had a, yeah, we, we talked <laughs> earlier about Melchizedek. So if you're curious about that, he's just like a, a, 
a cool superhero, I would say, of, of the Jewish people, Jewish tradition. We compared him to like Captain America, right? Yeah. So, anyways, uh, so uh, so then you have he's he he is in that line. So he is a priest king in that he is uh, royalty, but he's also interceding on behalf of the people. In this part, he is the perfect sacrifice, right? And I think this is so important for us because when we give, uh, when we experience. Uh, Jesus, and we uh, accept his sacrifice for us, and we put our faith in him, there is no need for us to atone for our sins. It's, it's done. It's paid for. And it's so easy for us to forget that, right? And to go feel like this kind of, uh, we almost have to, like, we have to make God happy with us again whenever we sin, whenever we stumble. Like, we got to go back and atone for all the things that we've done. And and Jesus is, the author is saying here that Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. There's no need for him to come back and die again for the sins that are committed. It's past, present, and future. And so uh, we can then, I think that causes us, and that causes me when I grew up thinking that I how God was always angry at me. And I had to kind of shrink away from God because of, you know, the fact that I had messed up, you know. And I had to just kind of ask Jesus back in my heart again, you know, just to kind of mm-hmm. save my sins, save me from my sins again because I'm just feeling this overwhelming guilt. And what's really cool is that, like, so the, the author says kind of because of all of this, like the culmination of Hebrews is kind of coming up where he says, like, this is what we should do now because of this. And and it says this in, in Hebrews 10. So the next chapter, you guys will read about this tomorrow. Uh, he says, because of all of this, let us draw near uh, with a true heart of, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Uh, for he who is promised is faithful. Then let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet uh, together as the habit of some. And so it kind of continues on. It says that we need to encourage each other because the day is drawing near. But there is something that the Hebrew is trying to con- that the author of Hebrews is trying to convey here is that there's a confidence in the work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a confidence in his message. There's a confidence in what he's going to do and assurance of the hope that we have that he's going to take us to the promised land. There's a confidence that he understands us, that he is he's acquainted with our sufferings. He's acquainted with the things that we've dealt with because he's been here and he knows it and he understands mm-hmm. it. And he's also the perfect in sacrifice, completely washing us clean. And so there can be, as, as we pull out this, there should be a confidence that we have that Jesus is everything, that Jesus right. is enough, that everything he's done is enough, and that we don't have to do anything to necessarily make God happy with us. God is so pleased with us because he's so pleased with his son. Mm -hmm. And when we receive what Jesus has done, God sees us through the lens of his son, Jesus. And, and so this should spur us then to such a great confidence that we don't like it. it, Then it just exudes in the way we treat other people in our actions, you know, because we don't have to worry about like, are we, are we good enough? You know, did we do we do enough good work so that we can be right with God? We have full assurance and full hope. And so now because of that, we can then uh, encourage we can love people recklessly. We can do good works and we don't have to do them because if you do good works to try to get into heaven, they're not really good works. You're really just trying to do them because you really want to get to heaven. Right. right? They're they're selfishly motivated. But when we know that all of this has been taken care of because of Jesus, then we can confidently and boldly do good works, not knowing, like, worrying, okay, God, did I do this the right way? Did you really like this? Did you see me, God, when I was really doing this because I was really trying to help this person? I gave them, a, you know, a sandwich or something like that. You know, like, now we can just be like, man, I just want to love on these people. I want to, do, I want to spur people into good works. And mm-hmm. I want to point people to Jesus because all of 
the things that we've, you know, wrestled with, the internal struggles that we have of what is truth, you know, what's, what's, what's the hope that I have, you know, how am I ever going to be right with God? All that's been taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. And that shifts the way that should shift our way we live and the, our perspective on life and on eternity. I, and I think I want to mention one thing quickly. And I think you touched on it and, and you mentioned the word guilt. Um, I, I believe that there are a lot of guilty feeling people around the world. Mm-hmm. And I want to clarify guilt is not of God, mm-hmm. right? He will never make you feel guilty for what you've done. Now he'll convict you. Conviction is totally different, right? Mm-hmm. But that feeling of guilt of that you're not good enough, that's what guilt is, of shame. It's not from God. Mm -hmm. He didn't put it there. And when you feel those things, I would encourage those those people feeling it. Get in the word, man. Read what it says because it it clearly states over and over and over and over again, there is no guilt in Christ. Mm -hmm. And that's a beautiful thing is he was perfect. And it was a one-time thing and it was done. And the guilt's gone and the shame's gone. And it's a, it really is a beautiful thing. Yeah. It keeps coming to my head, just the power that was within Christ. Like if, if one of us die or if one of us somehow, which is impossible, but if one of us somehow lived the perfect life and died, right? Sorry. I can't, can't, can't put myself in that category right now. Can't happen. Nope. Not at all. (laughs) Nobody can. But if, if that were possible, that would be the power of one, right? Right. You would, you would save yourself basically. Correct. But that's not possible, but that just theoretically, Think about the power that he had, because I, I keep thinking for some reason about about music again, about amplification. Like, think about how much power that he had with himself from being the son of God and living the perfect life to die for every one of us, that his sacrifice was amplified so much that it covers everybody else for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Like... All I can imagine is like standing near him and just hearing the buzz of an amplifier now, like a guitar yeah, amplifier, you know, yeah. like it's amazing to me. Like just the fact that, that he had that kind of power within himself. He was a hundred percent man, but he's also a hundred percent God. And he had that amazing power within him and he came here and fulfilled that mission for us. That's, it's just so cool to think and, about. And, 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 and what, what also is with humility? I mean, the guy was, Christ was an expert in everything. Mm. You're talking about a know-it-all. He knew it all. (laughs) You know what I mean? And to have the way that the people talk to him and his answers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone, I mean, I'm an expert at some of the stuff I do. When people talk to me like I'm an idiot, I'm like, well, (laughs) let me tell you something here, buddy. (laughs) You know? And here Jesus is, and he had the, talking about the power. So humble, yeah. He had the power to stop everything. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. And he didn't because he, he loved us amazing that's a love man that's that's a love yeah mm. and i think that so the the thing that i'm pulling out of this is just is a is a confident hope right yeah. you know and that and then it says like in hebrews 11 when we go through the hall of faith it talks about like man because of all this man or it's actually hebrews 12, hebrews 12 after uh we read about all these guys that have like followed god and have just given their life for him is that you know throw off these things Throw off the things that are entangling you, man. Throw mm-hmm. off the things, the weights, begin run this race with endurance because, yeah. I mean, we have we have Jesus. We have everything we need for life and godliness. Uh, Peter would say, and you know, and we and we, every good gift comes from God, and He supplies everything that we need from His glorious riches. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to be bogged down with this 
old stuff with the old thought of that, man, I got to earn God's faith. I got to earn God's love. I got to right. earn God's goodness. I got to, I got to make up for these sins that I'm, man, no, throw that in the garbage, man. You've been forgiven. Yeah. Like, you've been completely forgiven by the blood of Jesus. Je- if you feel like you need to do that again, you're basically saying that Jesus' sacrifice is not enough, right? Right. You know, and then, and he's, he's conveyed everything about truth, like everything that you need to know, like, cause in a culture where truth is relative and people are just kind of running around, not knowing what to do. And then the same thing is happening with this. I mean, so many people are looking for, how do I find peace? How do I find assurance? How do I find hope? Right. In a culture where that's just, you you look for anything, you know, you look for relationships, you look for like in, in sex, whatever it is, you're looking for something to fulfill you, to make you feel like you have, uh, you know, to, to know that you are matter and you're worth it, you know, and you have all of this in Jesus. Right. And so like, just throw away, throw away those things. That are that are that are pulling you back, that are entangling you, that are saying guilt, shame, all of these things that are not of Jesus. Everything that Jesus did was to complete all, was to do the perfect work to cover all of this, so that we could, like it says in Hebrews, we could boldly, literally go before the throne of God. Like talk about like crazy, like amazing worship where like all these angels, like we can boldly go before the yeah. throne of God because of Jesus. Yeah. Yes, I mean like, and so this. Uh, like even though this can seem a little confusing, like man, this is just like the supremacy of Christ is just all over this book. And if he, he if he is his great love and all he's done is on our behalf, we should live in light of this and not, you know, feel like we've got to, uh, I don't know, kind of waft or waver or just really struggle through this life. There's so much that we have in Jesus. No, because yeah. the Bible says once once you do this and once you complete that act of faith and now you've accepted it. The Bible clearly states that his power is now your power, mm. N- not a portion. It doesn't say, well, you might get an, an tenth or an eighth or which I'd be good with, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but he says everything that I have is now yours. Yeah. All the power that I had is now yours. Mm. And and talk about boldness, power, yeah. shameless living, even confidence, confidence. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. Like like we can we can just be like live with confidence. You know, don't don't feel like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm really that good. I don't know. I'm really struggling with this right now. Like, man, this is really hard for me to overcome. Man, like, yeah, I get it. I get it, man. But but Christ is greater. It's good, man. 49 character qualities Jesus had. He he was the perfect person, and we get all of those. Confidence, boldness, encouragement, everything that he had, we have now. Yeah. And, um it's it seems hard but it it really truly is is easy mm. yeah and you know we're pro, we're kind of programmed by society to feel those things well by oh, yeah. the, by the enemy really but mm-hmm. to feel the guilt and the shame and all that kind of stuff and for me visuals are like a huge thing and we talked about it on the podcast a while ago but when we're when we're trying to not trying to but when we're feeling those things and when we're feeling the guilt and the shame and we're beating ourselves up for all these things and then we start feeling like we need to do good works to to earn that back we're, I, the visual that I see is us like grabbing the veil that he tore and like trying to, to sew it, it back yeah, up yeah. and trying to rebuild that temple system yeah. that he built down. We don't have to do that. And it's mm-hmm. actually because he is who he is, he's not offended, but it could almost be an offense towards him. Like, look what I did for you and you're undoing it. Why are you undoing this? Mm-hmm. Like, this is a gift I gave you. Accept it and just be in it. What happens is we, we try to play God. Ultimately, mm-hmm. and we say, "Well, I, yeah, you know, God, I don't know that you really did all of the, everything you said you do, so I'm <laughs> going to try to fix it myself." Yeah. And then what happens? Um, we take that we we usurp God's power. So God's power now 
isn't supreme in our life. We're mm-hmm. putting things above him. We talked about that many times in, in some of Phil's and Daniel's messages where at that point we begin to lose that power because mm-hmm. we, we're, we're not letting God do what God designed himself to do. Mm-hmm. And that's to make us feel whole. It's to save us. It's to give us that confidence. It's all the things that people say, what's the meaning of life? The meaning of life is to be a Christian. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff then falls up beneath you. I mean, so it just categorically right down yeah. the way. Locks in place. It does. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we need to go ahead and wrap up. Um, would one of you guys uh, feel like praying us out sure. today? Yeah, sure. I'll pray. Ricky, all, right. all right. Thanks, man. Uh, Father in heaven, we, we thank you truly for for what you've done for us. And, and I don't know that we will ever really understand the breadth of what you've done until the day that we meet you. And what a glorious, amazing, marvelous, wonderful day that's going to be when we can look you in the eyes, uh, give you a hug, and, and just tell you truly thank you. So from from where we are now, Father, we do want to thank you for what you've done for us. And we ask that you would help us to claim your power and to continually strive to, to, to look toward you as the author and finisher of our faith, Father. We thank you for many, many blessings, Lord. You you are truly an amazing God that gives us so much and, and even more so than we deserve. Father, give us a good weekend. Um, everyone out there that's listening, Father, be with them, touch them. May their rest of the week fill with joy and happiness, Father. And, and, and we ask this, everything that we do in your precious holy name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ricky. <clears throat> and thanks again for joining us for two weeks in a row. Yeah, gladly. Yeah. yeah. The combo it, meal, yeah. 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 <laughs> combo meal. Number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the sequel. I had to explain to my daughter what a sequel was the other day. But um, So if you're listening to this, if you see Ricky, tell him thank you. Um, <laughs> not that he would want that to happen, but I'm telling you, if you listen and you're a regular listener, tell him thank you because he really stepped in and helped us out here. Um, Ricky, we'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah, We're sure. going to be figuring out how things work now um, with Michael stepping. uh, He's not stepping away, just stepping back a little bit. Um, So uh, I'll reach out to you again, and uh, I would love to have you. I know uh, somebody, we had Jordan English on a couple weeks ago, and um, I was like, man, if you ever want to join us, just just let us know you know we'd love to have you and he said well i'm not one that's ever going to invite myself so if you reach out to me i will i will happily do it so know that we'll reach out to you awesome because i know that you're also a guy that's not going to invite himself no it's not me um so anyway thanks again for joining us um guys we hope that this was a, a productive podcast for you guys we thank you as always for listening um we just love doing this podcast uh it's it's just such a blessing uh, I myself have learned so much and grown so much in the word and an understanding of who, who God is, who Jesus is, who the Holy Spirit through, is through this thing. So I can only imagine and hope that that's happening for you guys out Absolutely. there too. Yeah. So uh, thanks for joining us and I'll go ahead and close up. Uh, go out there, be Jesus to each other. We will talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you guys. See you.